What's up, everybody? Panama here. want to welcome you to Pass the Peas of Panama Jackson, and thank you for checking us out here. Before we get started, though, I want to make sure I let you guys know to check out all these other dope shows we have here on the Blacktastic Podcast Network. We got the Ill-Informed Homies show. We got Party on the Potomac. Even have a couple shows coming up that you should really check out, be on the lookout for. So after you listen to this podcast, go do a couple things. Go buy some sneakers. Go go do whatever you need to do with your life. Make sure you hit subscribe. Leave a comment. Leave a review if you like. Whatever makes your makes your life better. Makes your day go by faster. We just glad you're here listening to us. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate you for that. So check us out, the Black Tastic Podcast Network. Panama. Hi, it's Oprah Winfrey. Calling to tell you, I don't know you, but I love you. This podcast is Every nigga is a star. Every nigga is a star. Who will remind that you everybody welcome to pass the peas i'm panama jackson and i am joined today for a vsb story with my partner in crime partner in right damon young international superstar former international man of mystery uh author <laughs> wow. i'm just making up stuff at this point author writer podcaster he got a couple things in the works that uh i don't know that he has the liberty to speak on yet so i'll be mums on those uh, well i'll be mums Mom. Mom's the word on those. Mom's the word, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Homie extraordinaire, Kyrie Irving stan. You know, you all know Damon. I don't need to do all these long introductions. If you're here listening to me, you already know who Damon Young is. So we are going to talk about a moment in VSB history that was, pro- to at that point, probably one of the biggest things to happen to us as a site. But for us, was kind of a mixed bag because of everything else that was going on around it. And that was this article that the Washington Post, uh, Lavinia Ramanathan, wrote that was published on November 21st, 2016, titled Very Smart Brothers is the Blackest Thing That Ever Happened to the Internet, period. And, you know, this was this was one of those interesting moments for us. I was excited about this. We did a long, we did an interview with uh, Lavinia. We went out to eat. This was actually the same day. The, the interview happened in September, and it was a, a book talk you did with Lovey, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. Uh, we went to go. So Damon was doing a book talk with Lovey at the DC stop of her, of, her, of her book tour for I'm Judging You. And then we went out to eat afterwards. The article was supposed to, I think, come out in October. It ends up getting pushed back to November for for reasons we'll get into. But I'm going to start big. I for the for me, the article ended up being a bit of a mixed bag. I don't hate the article. I don't like it. 
definitely don't love it. But as a site-wide thing, I recognize that it was dope to have a profile like this in the Washington Post. Uh, we'd been in the Washington Post one time before when, when our book dropped, but this was a, a bigger deal. And for me, I actually thought I might lose my job. That's part of the reason why this was a mixed bag for me and why I even wanted to do this talk. But for you, what were your thoughts about, like, if you can remember back to then, like, what were your thoughts about this article when it dropped and everything going on with it? Well, um, I think that this at the time was the biggest thing, not one of the biggest. Okay. You know, yeah, we had had we had had national, you know, recognition before. Um, we were in the post before. We were, I think, we might have been in Ebony, um, to like the Ebony One Hundred or the the Power One Hundred. Um, yes. one year we were we were on it. Um, Jet Magazine. Um, but in terms of just like a national reach, national thing with with a you know with multiple pages and pitch multiple pictures and. And, you know, that whole, you know, that whole deal, this was, I think, the biggest thing for us at that point. And then, you know, and this was 2016. And, you know, as you, you know, kind of alluded to in, in, in the intro is that we, um, I, I guess we definitely felt differently about it. Now, I wasn't in love with the profile either. Um, there was a couple language choices. <laughs> that were used in it right. that I wasn't I wasn't thrilled about. Like at, at one point, um, she said that um, she called me shy. Like a nigga can't be introverted. You, you gotta you gotta jump all the way. To <laughs> my nigga, damn. right? She did call you shy. <laughs> um, and and I thought the pictures that they used were a little, you know, it's whatever, you know. But um, but yeah, I I was looking forward to that being published. One, because it was, you know, again, our, our biggest like national recognition to date. And also this was when, you know, I had just signed my book deal. And this was when the word of that was like we had we had timed it so that the word of it would come out with this article, too. So instead of sharing, you know, because whenever someone signs a deal, there's a thing in Publishers Lunch where they have like, you know, you know, at auction or a very major deal or whatever, and they, they do the whole description. I didn't share any of that. I waited until the article came out to share, you know, um, word of the, of the deal. So I was looking forward to it on that end. And again, as you alluded to, we were in the process of selling VSP. Yes. And we thought that it would have, it was going to go through, like we actually thought it was going to go through in August. Yes. And it kept getting pushed back, kept getting pushed back, kept getting pushed back. And I know on your end, you wanted to time the article, the profile, the drop um, to a place where we had already signed a deal. You'd already left your, you know, your job on Capitol Hill. And, and so this thing just wasn't happening. Right. And and I think that, by, you know, by like October, um, <laughs> I think we kind of both realized this is not going to happen with this, yeah. with this, with this, you know, with this entity that had, you know, that had agreed to, to acquire us. And so my thinking is like, okay, so this thing is here when, 
if, if we're waiting for the acquisition to release it, we'll be waiting for, I mean, we didn't get acquired until next June by, by Univision. Right. And so there's no way she was going to hold it that long. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the situation with the entity that want that, that, you know, that, that it made it, that a basically everything except for giving us a contract. You know, kind well, of, we had contracts. We didn't get a final. The contracts were done. Remember, yeah. we had finished contracts mm-hmm. with them back and forth. We were waiting on the deal to close effectively for them to say we're ready to close the deal and just sign the damn things. We'd gone through an entire process with them, with their lawyers, with our lawyers. We literally hammered out a whole deal with all the points and all this stuff. And then it just went radio silent at some point. Yeah, I mean, we went to we went to New York City. We we wore suits. We did. We <laughs> you did know, you know, it's funny. Like, so a couple of days ago, you shared a picture of of us making that trip, all suited up. I I do not think that if we had like another like big sort of deal happening, and, and let's say there's no COVID, and we're just you know the world is the same way that it that it normally is, I don't think either of us wear suits. No, hell no. Nah. Nah, that's why time. that's why when i sent that picture to you i think i said something like <laughs> niggas in suits whatever niggas like preparing to make deals or something mm-hmm. like that you know like we we dressed the part we thought we were supposed to dress to go meet potential business partners and i'm not doing that shit again yeah i'm not i mean i'll i'll, I'll look nice right i'll be fly <laughs> yeah i'll be fly but, but i'm not i'm not gonna be suited <laughs> for some shit like this again yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I um so okay, so earlier today I was watching um we were watching uh, Avengers Endgame. Um because okay. we we watched uh Infinity War a couple days ago and we were like, you know, fuck it, let's just let's just watch the last one again. And I'm watching it and I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Terrence Howard. And I'm thinking about how he fucked up that Avengers, that Marvel bag. I yes, forgot exactly what he did. Probably but went Terrence he, Howard. Huh? Probably just went Terrence Howard. Yeah, he probably just did some, you know, some wet wipe shit. And he, I mean, War, War Machine is in every one of these movies and he doesn't do shit. He is the most inessential. Like him, like all, really all the niggas except for the ones from Wakanda are completely inessential in this, in this entire universe. All of them. <laughs> okay, but he see, but Don Cheadle's getting those Marvel checks. He's getting those Marvel checks. He'll be getting those Marvel checks until he dies, right? Um, and Terrence Howard fucked up that bag, and so I, I say that to say that I um, I apologize. You know, I've done it before. I've done it before, but I won't do it again for potentially fucking up your work bag. We're trying to <laughs> pushing to get this. To get this, um, to get this Washington Post profile release, um, I now granted, I did not think, I did not, I, I, I in a moment thought that you were overreacting a bit, but I understood why you would be. I understood why right. you were anxious about this getting out there and whatever. But when you told me that, you know, the article dropped and like most of your colleagues were like, yeah, we've known. <laughs> <laughs> like on some Superman shit, like like nigga, 
<laughs> yeah, you pretend to be Clark Kent. You just put on your, you just take off your glasses. We we know you're Superman. <laughs> yeah, what he's talking about is so when when this article dropped, actually, I guess uh, Lavinia was waiting for the go ahead to drop the article. Like she'd been done with it, and I got a call from her. I think it must have been on the twentieth because I was trying to remember in my mind what made me go pick up the article, like go pick up the newspaper the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the reason why this is important and what we're about to talk about, too, is this was in the print edition of the new of the Washington Post, too. This wasn't just on the inter- on the Internet. Like This was in the print edition. I worked on Capitol Hill. The Washington Post was literally in every single office waiting for us to go every day. And people went through the Washington Post. We had a whole full page picture on the front page of the style section. So effectively, if you read the newspaper and you just happen to keep going and you got to the style section, the first thing you were going to see when you hit that motherfucker was a huge picture of Damon and I with me looking unexplainably short because every one of the damn pictures Damon and I take, for some reason, I'm leaning on something and Damon is always standing up straight. So I always look, I'm shorter than Damon, I'm shorter than you, but I always look way shorter than I actually am when standing next to you. Which added to the reason why I dislike this article, because I'm like, I'm already feel like this article shortchanged the shit out of me. And then they put me on there looking like a smurf. But anyway, so what Damon is talking about is I got a call from Lavinia and she said, hey, the article is going um, it's going live tomorrow. It's going to be in the newspaper. You can go pick it up. And she she said it in a way that was kind of exciting. And I'm like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, you know, I talked to Damon and Damon was like, it's cool to push it now. Like for for the reasons you've stated too, this deal was never going to happen. So there was never going to be a good time to do it. So I have to objectively like I was looking at it from two different ways. One, objectively, yes, the article just had if it was going to go, it had to go at some point. And that was as good a time as any. But on a personal level, because this deal with the other entity never closed, I still had my day job. And to my knowledge, nobody at my day job, except for the people that I had told, knew what I was doing, right? Like in my mind, I was somehow able to fly under the radar completely. So I find out this article is about to drop in the physical newspaper that everybody in my office gets a personal copy of. And I'm like, oh, shit, this could all end tomorrow. Not VSB, because I wasn't getting any money for VSB. We could have done that as long as we wanted to, but my actual livelihood. And at this point, I have three children, a mortgage. I got I got all the adult shit that you need a job to cover and pay for. I was upset. Upset is probably a strong word. I was unhappy. I felt like I wasn't being considered, even though at the same time, I understand. Like, I can understand where you're coming from. And why it was time to do it. Plus, this was the the article that was announcing the book deal. You know, so it was a weird place for me to be in because I had a lot to lose with this. Like, in my mind, all I'm thinking of is everybody's going to see this. And I don't know how people are going to feel when they look at this shit, see it, and immediately go to VerySmartBrothers.com and start reading shit. Because that's what I would do, right? I find out my fucking coworker is being profiled by one of the biggest newspapers in the in the country. And I'm like, who the hell is this? And then I'm going to read everything. Like, I'm going to spend the whole day productivity shot 
I know I told you that, like, we got, I called you, we got on the phone, I told, like, I asked you, and you said, yeah, you let her know that she could, she could run it. I don't know that I said anything crazy, but I was definitely in my feelings. We got off the phone, and I kind of mentally just prepared for the end of days of my career as a budget analyst for Congress. The next day, I went and picked, 8 o'clock, I dropped my daughter off at school, I drive to a shoppers. I don't even think the shoppers is open anymore. It's the shoppers in Virginia. I went and I picked up like 10 copies of the news. I like I bought all the shits that they had. Cause if I'm going out, I might as well go out with as many copies of this motherfucker as possible, right? I read the article <laughs> in the car. Um, and I drive slow as hell to work. I walk in and I just close my door. I literally just sat in my office with my door closed all day. Uh, one of my coworkers who did know about VSB, does know about VSB, good friend of mine, Delta from Hampton, you know, I told her what happened and she decided she was going to kind of go on this like covert mission to find out if anybody knew what was going on or anything. So she's walking around the office, just kind of looking to see where the Washington Post is in people's offices. And she's like, yeah, them shits has gone everywhere. Like everybody with one, there's no Washington Post anywhere. So all day, I'm literally waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for somebody to either come into my office and say something to me or I'm waiting for a phone call from somebody to say, hey, can you come in to, to, to the office real quick? We need to talk to you about something. And it never happened. What did happen, though, that, that literally almost made me shit on myself was the director of my organization, swear to God, the director of my organization walks into my office or walks into the suite where my office is, walks straight in there, knocks on my door. So you can imagine at this point, I'm like, damn, the director? Man, I'm getting shit canned by the director? Jesus. And I open the door, and he's like, yeah, I just wanted to tell you, you did a really good job on this estimate. Like, I, it's a really good estimate. Like, I, I think you explained things clearly. Like, I just, I just wanted to come and tell you personally, you did a good job. And then he walked out. And I was like, okay, I'm going home. I can't, I can't do this. Like, I'm, I'm about to have a heart attack. And nothing happened all day. Nothing happened the next day. Nothing happened the day after that. And effectively, nothing happened. Nobody ever said anything. Life just went on as usual. Um, and then life changed. You know, you had your, your, your book deal. Um, so life changed in a very positive way for you. Eventually, we did sign a deal with Univision to become part of the route. But man, that day I can't. I I remember so vividly how afraid I was to go to work. I remember how I felt when my director showed up, because that was the most right. Like he never did that. I don't know why he decided that day to fuck with me. Maybe he read the article and was just like, you know what? I'm gonna go scare the shit out of the one black dude I have working down here, but can't fire him because we got one. So you know, I was mad, but I got over it because effectively nothing bad came of it. And then I was just annoyed with the actual article by itself. Uh, because I felt like as an article, I was basically your Robin. I was the Robin to your Batman in this article. And potentially that's the right way to do it at that time. So I'm not, I'm not going to be so oblivious to say that that's not the right way to do it. But just like you said, there were some word choices that you didn't like that she said about you. Like she, she, she called me your foil. Um, she said I'd look like a hipster and I'm effectively the foil for young. And I'm like, damn, is that what I'm here for? Just to make Damon look better? Like I'm I'm here to ensure these jokes get off. 
that these pieces get off? Is that, or is that how it comes across? But it also made sense. Like she was there to talk about VSB, but in doing so, she understood that what you were doing was the reason why a lot of people, why our profile of VSB had risen the way that it had. So it was a little, again, it was a mixed bag for me because I'm just like, yay, Washington Post. Damn, I'm a foil? I ain't never been called a foil before. So I when I when I saw the foil, like I didn't um I, I didn't take it that way. Now obviously I'm in a uh, my perspective is different. I just looked at it as being like yin and yang sort of thing. Not like a not like a supplement or 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 whatever the fuck. You know, I looked at it as like, you know, I'm like the introverted whatever you're the extroverted whatever you know you're light i'm brown i'm a little taller like like all all that stuff you know i think that would work how she described how we dress where she she always did it as a contrast to you though like everything that was done that about me was largely in contrast to you like you got described as being shy i didn't get described as all at all there was no there's no panama is more this it was how is damon dealing with the fame that comes with xyz there are people coming up to you to do like to tell you how much they like you and then i kind of walk over there and i'm i'm observing the scene you know it was very interesting the way that it was framed this article could have existed without me is how i ultimately felt to her credit to to her credit you know i I think that also the dynamic of the interview of the whole day she spent with us because she was, she started the whole thing at an event that I was a part of. And so just, just that framing of, okay, I'm witnessing Damon do this thing. And I think you, you all were sitting with each other, maybe during that or around with each other. And so maybe if this had been an event, we were both doing together and she had an opportunity to see us both, on stage and that's both interacting with people then perhaps you know the article would have been framed a little differently and, and but yeah. all that to the say problem is- with that is hold on before before we move on the problem with that is we are in washington dc you before have said i should run for office in dc because of how many people i know you know what happened while we were there everybody rolled up on me was like yo Pete, it, it happened because that happens everywhere i go there was mm-hmm. nowhere we were at where somebody didn't come up to me or i didn't see people i knew and you know i'm having conversations with everybody so it's not like i was just sitting there with her quietly sitting in the background that doesn't happen anywhere that i go and or at least at that point i mean i've been in the house for a lot now but you know at that point i knew a sizable percentage of people in that room who either came up to talk to me were shooting me what's ups from the turnaround in their seat whatever like that was you know it to to some point i kind of tried to stand in a place where i was in the back mm-hmm. on purpose just so that i didn't run into everybody that i knew so that was actually intentional where we were and it didn't even help like i ran into i i ran into like a million people in there because we were in dc at a book event literally the kind of shit where i'm gonna know everybody that's exactly where we were. And, to, and by the way, you know, this is a shout out to Lovey here. She packed that bitch out. I mean, it was, it could have, it was hundreds 
I don't know if that joint cracked a thousand. I don't know what the capacity in there is, but I mean, about six hundred, like six seven. Yeah, that yeah. shit yeah. was insane. It was insanely packed. It was standing room only at the mm-hmm. MLK Library. Like that was that was insane. How many people Lovey pulled for yeah. the book stop for her for her book? Much yeah. deserved, but it was it was crazy. Like that's I can't underscore that enough. But anyway, but then, so that's like, what my point there was just that it's not like she didn't see me interacting or anything like that. Like we were at a book event that you were participating in. But if you're talking about you being the shy one, I'm observedly not that person. Like mm-hmm. I'm the one who's talking to everybody and whatever. Like that's an opportunity. You could say that if you're she could have put that in. Well, maybe maybe it's it's maybe. Sh- and again, I'm I'm playing i guess devil's advocate here with this article with this article that's four years old now but um (laughs) it's four years old (laughs) i'm really not bitter about this i promise you but maybe um maybe there's this expectation that we have these personalities right and so of course she doesn't have to say anything about you because you are who you are but it's like oh damon isn't actually maybe the way that people might anticipate him being or the way I anticipated him being. So I have to make this comment about his behavior or his whatever, because it, it, it's, it diverts from what I expected. Um, That's real. So, so, so there's that. Um, and it is funny, you know, going back to the pictures thing. And, and if anyone sees pictures of us together, Panama is right. <laughs> like I'm six, one, six, two in that range. Panama, what you're what five nine five ten five ten five ten. Good day. Okay, so I'm only five like ten on this four one. inches, you know, may, may, at the most four inches. But when we take pictures together, it looks like eight, it, it, it looks it like does. it's uh, crazy. And reason for that, you know, yeah, you 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 lean, you're always doing like some you know, some type, you, I mean, you're cool. I got to stop posing. You're always I got to stop trying to be cool and shit. Cause being cool makes me look cool short in your picture. And for me, all of my boy, all of my best friends, like my, all right, my very best friend back home, Brian Curl, he's six foot eight. My other, you have some very tall friend, people in your, in your immediate circle. friends in Pittsburgh are like six, four, six, five, like all ball players. So I'm used to when I'm taking pictures, like, okay, I need to make myself as tall as possible because I'm I don't want to look like a midget around these tall names. <laughs> and so when I'm taking a picture with someone my own height and I'm standing, you know, in a way I'm, I'm not staying on my toes, but I'm standing like straight up, chest out, you know, whatever, that I get my full height. <laughs> it's almost like an actor where like Tom Cruise is five eight, but he manages to look tall on screen because he, you know, he, he manages his full height. He projects his full height in a way that he's just been taught how to do. And, right. and so I do that. Like I never, you will never see me slouch in the picture. Cause I'm so cognizant of, you know, just growing up and taking pictures next to these six, eight niggas and making sure that I don't look like a midget. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I'm always just concerned about my hands, not how tall I look in the picture. Mm-hmm. So I always end up looking short. And you're right. It's it's you look like you tower over me. So either you're mad tall or I'm mad short. You know, neither is true. Like I'm not obviously I'm not I'm not super tall, but I'm nowhere near as short as I look like I am in all these damn pictures. And it probably would not have bothered me if not 
for the article. But again, and, and let me let me be clear about this, too. This is the most I've thought about this article literally in four years. So I I told Damon I wanted to talk about it because I wanted to talk about the fact that I thought I was going to lose my job, which is very true because I was very concerned about this that day. But then, you know, I was like, well, you know, let me let's let, let me get Damon on here, too. We could talk about it because it affected both of us. And I'm sure his perspective on what was going on in his own personal life versus mine were completely different. Um, and then I went back and actually read the article for the first time because I haven't read this article since then. And let me be very clear. I'm appreciative that the article exists, whatever it did for us, however, it helped in our negotiations to to you know the price the price of coke went up because we got these kind of profiles like very much appreciative to to Lavinia and to the Washington Post plus the headline bangs you know what I mean like calling us the blackest place on the internet it it's in both of our bios it's, it's definitely in my bio yeah that's a that's an awesome bio and the fact that it exists period you know like I can go back and say. On, well, on my wall, actually, in my house is a is the article, like the the Washington Post article. Um, my wife cut out the pieces of it and put and framed it. So I have that in the house. That's that's dope. That's a dope thing to have. So, you know, despite my leanings toward not loving the article, I don't hate the thing. Like I'm I'm much happier that it exists than I than I'd be that it didn't. Um, it was just when I finally went back and read it, I went back to how I felt when it first dropped. But because I was more concerned about my job than my personal feelings, I spent more time being, you know, nervous about that. And, and you know, here's the here's the many years later addendum to that. And, you know, explaining what you just said about my coworkers knowing apparently one day after I'm gone, after I've left my job and I'm you know working full time at the root writing for the root. The subject of blogs comes up in my at the the lunch table at my old job. Mm-hmm. Again, one of my homegirls still works there, and apparently everybody knew. They're all having this whole conversation about blogs, and somebody's like, "Well, you know, didn't Dwayne? My real name being Dwayne, didn't you know he had a blog, right? You know, there he, you know, and everybody realized that they all knew, but nobody wanted to be the one to say anything because nobody wanted to get me in trouble. Apparently, mm-hmm. to the point where one of my coworkers even still had the article. Um, which, you know, that, that, that actually made me feel really good. Like, I was like, damn, they actually really liked me because nobody wanted me to lose my job behind this. So everybody's, everybody's paying attention to what I'm doing. Like, which is crazy because right after this article drops, I write this shit about Oprah. Like I wrote, I think a week after this article drops, I wrote the article about Oprah calling me. Okay. That's the kind of thing you talk about the office. Mm -hmm. Nobody said anything about it. But I did mention it to one of my coworkers at one point later. I was like, yeah, I actually got a call from Oprah once. And she was much less surprised about that statement than I would have been if somebody told me that. So maybe she knew because they was reading. They was reading the site on their free time, um, making sure I didn't say anything crazy about by anybody just, I work with. She just assumed that Oprah was just one of the niggas that you just, <laughs> that's just in your circle. <laughs> you know, like a call from Oprah is like, Oprah getting a call from Gail. It's, it's just, you know, that's that's just the life that you live. You're living that Oprah, that Oprah text message life. And it's funny because I didn't tell Lavinia that Oprah called me because that probably would have made the article. Uh-huh. 
like if I had called and said, you know, I got a phone call from Oprah about an article that was written, blah, blah, blah. I, I imagine that makes the article about very smart brothers at that point, right? I mean, and maybe I'm, you obviously know this better than I do, but I, I, I would have assumed that that happened later. Like I assumed it, it, that that happened yeah. in 2017, not 2016. Nope, that was 20. I went to go. I went out to L.A. and met with Oprah and or went to the own rap party for Queen Sugar in 2017. But that was 2016. It happened. She called in October 2016. So the article was still in flux and in wait. But I didn't actually write about it on VSB until the end of November. Okay. so I didn't even I didn't mention it until a month and some change Mm -hmm. until after it actually happened. And had I written about it earlier, and I don't know why, to, I don't know why I waited so long to write about it, actually, because, you know, for us, shit, as soon as that joint happened, we were talking about it left and right. I don't know why I waited. Yeah, I, I really have no idea. It's not like I had a million better things to write about than Oprah calling me. After the break, Damon and I talked the VSB acquisition by The Root. It's fascinating when we actually go through the process of how we went from, you know, just two niggas writing a blog to having a valuable entity that, true story, doesn't actually make any money that we sell for a substantial amount of money and get jobs out of it. Like, that's a fascinating story. I I feel like now we could start it back when VSB starts or we could start it with, you know, after we you know, after we have like the the revamp of VSB or the the redesign, and we make it more of a magazine. But I think this 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 part of the story really starts in 2015, because okay. that's when we first start that partnership, that car, that content share partnership with the Root. Um, yeah, so I was I, wondering when that happened. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't pinpoint when exactly we started doing that. It was early 2015. I don't know exactly what date and what what happened. Um, they reached out. I, I think it was Danielle. Danielle Belton um, and Lynn Pitts, who I think at that point was their EIC. Um, they reached out to us about having an agreement where we give them content uh, and they paid us for it and they were running on the route. Um, and we also, and, and I think I worked out a thing. I don't know if you did too, but I had a thing where I was writing original pieces for them also. No, so I was, that, wasn't, that was all you, homie. Okay. So we ended up sharing a few pieces a week and I also wrote like a piece or two um, per week, you know, and that was a pretty, that was a pretty decent revenue, you know, stream for us for a minute. And then this goes on and it's, you know, and and it's a good, you know, it's a good symbiotic relationship um, with both parties. And then um, Danielle reaches out and says that Donna wants to talk to me. Donna Bird. And Donna Bird is the publisher was the publisher of The Root. So in early 2016, really I think it was January 2016, she flies me to the Univision offices in Miami, which is where she was based. And we spend a day out there and I spend a day out there, you know, we go to we go to brunch um and she basically just asked me, it's like, so where do you want to, where do you all plan to go with VSB? What do you all want to do? You know, what, 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 what do you, what, what are your goals? What do you have in mind? Whatever. 
and the, the the part about some sort of some sort of um, partnership, which we had already done, but making it more of an official partnership that that was already in the air. And I forgot exactly who first suggested it. I think Donna is the one who put that forth about you know, um, Univision that just bought Gizmodo Media Group, and Gizmodo Media Group used to be Gawker Media Group. Okay, but then Gawker had their issue. Gawker had to sell, and then Univision purchased it, um, which, you know, Jezebel, Deadspin, um, Lifehacker, um, Gizmodo, all of, all, of those, all of those sites. And then hold on, hold on. Back, back that up a little bit. So when did, they buy the, when did they buy those properties? Because I remember the first conversations we had, part of my issue or part of the issue that I had with the first iteration of our talks with the root or whoever it was that I guess it was just the root by itself was that it wasn't a part of any other like it, the root itself wasn't part of Gizmodo at the time when we had the first talks. I feel like when we had the talks that ended us in us actually joining them, that's when they were part of Gizmodo. You know, Damon and I had some pretty contentious conversations about that first the idea of um, being acquired mm-hmm. by the root at that time. Um, probably anybody. And it wasn't about the root so much as it was about we never really had to think about our value or what it was that we brought to the table financially and how that would be monetized, what a partnership would look like. Um, it was probably the first time I can remember us really having like arguments about anything because we just viewed it so differently. And part of that was at the time, where we were individually in life and what was what this could mean for us individually. Yeah. And, and for context, you know, so I meet with Donna in 2016. This is, this is before my book deal. This is obviously before we're acquired. So, you know, we're, you know, and Panama and I have talked about this, you know, a few times before, but, you know, part of our agendas or our competing, you know, um, feelings about, about all of this is that we were in much different places financially where I, um, this was my, you know, VSB. And I think I was still doing stuff for Ebony at the time too. And I had other freelance stuff or whatever, but that was my primary revenue stream. Um, the money that we got with the partnership from the root, you know, I was still a, co- a contributing editor at Ebony magazine and, um, and I would do like other, you know, one-off things every once in a while, um, for different publications. But so I'm thinking, yes, <laughs> yes, whoever, someone wants to, someone wants to, someone wants to buy us and give us, you know, freedom to, to editorial autonomy and, you know, and also give us a salary. I, for me, that felt like a no brainer that felt like, okay, let's, let's, let's figure out what our value is and let's do this. And I don't really remember. I remember us having a lot of back and forth about it, but I don't remember your, how you felt, (laughs) but I remember that we didn't agree. There were a couple there were a couple issues I had and it got to the point where I remember telling you if you want to take a deal that they put on the table then you take it and I'm out 
I'll take whatever my half of it, whatever it is, and I'm done. I'm I'm gone. I remember having that conversation. Part of the issue was I thought we were I thought that the before they even put a deal on the table, real talk, we were arguing about what our value might be and what we should take from that. I and I, I remember one of the things was mentioned was like, well, what if they put, you know, XYZ amount of dollars on the table and they offer you know, they tell you like you get you come on as some kind of editor or whatever, and then I continue. I just contribute, like excuse me, as I have been doing, but I keep my day job. And I was like, that that defeats the point for me. Like, the idea is that we both are able to use this platform to get out of our situations and change them and go do something else. And I think I had started talking to people. And and let's add something else here. There must have been some kind of fucking bat signal that went out to people that we were willing to talk to folks because niggas was coming out of the woodworks to be like, hey, we might be interested in acquiring some percentage, if not all of VSP. Like, I remember having talks with 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 several different groups or individuals. I know you talked to some people on your own. I talked to some folks. We talked to some people together. And it was like this weird time where it's like every like somebody sent the email out, like they hit the they're ready. And all of a sudden, everybody got in line who had an open checkbook of some sort and reached out. to. And, and also, by the way, Univision bought Gawker in August of 2016. Okay. So when we first started talking about this, the route was just the route. And then by the time and then we started talking to we went to New York for to meet with the entity that ended up dropping the ball during that time is when Univision buys Gawker and then they also buy the root. Okay. So okay. it's, it's in, it's in that, it's in that period. Like it, okay. it was a very busy 2016 for our future. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. And, um, and so like I was saying, um, so I had that meeting with Donna in this early 2016 and, so, and they are the first ones to make any sort of offer or whatever. But, and, and, and I do remember now that one of the reasons why it took so long was because of all the stuff that was going on on their end too. Right. But it was taking a long ass time. And we had these other opportunities, these other, yes, that's true. you know, that's these right. other people that were coming, you know, that were offering that, you know, that, that, that made sense. And then the one entity that, you know, we, we're, we're not naming them out of disrespect because we just right. don't, yeah, we, we just don't think it's, it's, it's necessary for a name. <laughs> um, but this other entity came with a great deal. And I remember having to call Donna and be like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to take this deal. And Donna was like, well, if it doesn't work out, make sure to reach back out to me. It gets into the summertime. We think we're about to sign this deal. We go up to New York. We're like, we're ready. Like, we're like, we just need like the one final paper to sign. Like, we're at that point where, you know, you're ready to give your your notice at your your job. I'm ready yes. to pop champagne at home. <laughs> like, ready to do all this shit. And um, right, we're thinking about purchases we're going to make. Yes. We're thinking mm-hmm. about ways that we're going to change situations and what mm-hmm. we're going to do. Like, we're actually. We're counting the money that we don't have yet. Yes. I remember, in fact, while we were um, walking from wherever, maybe it was your hotel, to the book event for Lovey, we were talking about vehicles 
that we had been thinking about getting <laughs> for as soon as the deal closed, what kind of cars we were thinking about getting because we are niggas and you have to make a nigga purchase as soon as you have enough money to do so. I vividly remember that conversation. Like we're legitimately looking at cars on the street. Like, yeah, I was looking at that one too. Yeah, that joint right there. Yep, yeah, two fifty. You know, it's like, it's just we're literally having those combos. Yeah, yeah, and I and I and I, and I went through and did it. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, so those that 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 all that shit fell through, and then I guess late late 2016 i ended up reaching back out to donna to see if the offer you know and i don't even know if they had made an official offer but yeah, I, that's I, what I was trying to remember if there was ever an actual offer on the table from them i don't feel like there was because i actually there was a there was a i made a decision that i guess was very much frowned upon where i fired off an email and was like hey can you do xyz if not, sayonara kind of thing. And and apparently that was that was frowned upon. Um <laughs> But listen, I mean and, and the funny thing is it's not like we were using the other company as a leverage point at all. Like that wasn't that wasn't it at all. We were just we you and I had gone back and forth about whether or not that was a good place for us to go. And financially it made sense based on what was offered. I don't know that either one of us ever felt like this is it. This makes the most sense. And truth be told, even even the route at that time, I don't know if it would have made perfect sense. Whereas by the time we did, you know, join the route later on, it was literally, I think, professionally for where we are in life, the best decision we could have made. Yeah, it was ideal. Yeah, it was it was it was ideal. Um, but the original version, I don't know that that it would have been but i don't i actually don't think a deal was ever proffered from them uh, but you're saying you got back in touch with her at the in, in december like i remember it was like february when we finally like the talks really got going yeah, i think i went back to her late 2016 maybe november december and then the talks started ramping up again like in february of 2017 um and they ended up making an offer that was better than every other offer that we had gotten before, you know, also with, you know, being a part of Gizmodo, you know, media group with that, that network of, of websites that we, that we both, you know, we both were big fans of this and we both were big fans of Jezebel and we both knew the entire, basically the entire editorial staff of the route. So we already had, we already, you know, Danielle at that point And, um, Aisha and um and I don't think we knew Janetta, but we, we got, knew I knew her via email because she did yeah. the edits for all the yeah, pieces yeah. that we but ran we back and forth we from her like a person the same yes. way we knew like but there was a relationship but, that existed yeah. prior and mm-hmm. that made it a you know that that made it feel not like an unknown it made it feel like a comfortable like this is a good idea this yeah. is this is the right place to be at that time and so yeah we ended up what was it june june that we ended up signing or it yeah that's when it closed that's when the deal yeah, closed and closed, i think it went pretty quickly because i remember march is when we really started going back and forth with paperwork like we started mm-hmm. they started the due diligence on their end where we had to put together all this 
all the, and I think I probably had most of that stuff done already because of the original deal that we were trying to get done. Like I just updated everything, but I'd put together all these spreadsheets of this shit and traffic and mm-hmm. um, media, all the all this crap that I that, that I put together for the sake of a package to provide an entity that's looking to do their due diligence to make sure that they're getting what you're telling them that we're make sure they're buying what you're actually selling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, so it felt like it went pretty quickly. Cause I, I believe I, I bet if I check my emails, it was late March, mid to late March is when those conversations really got going. And then we just spent the next few months hammering out the details which is interesting because I remember that being that being a rough time for me financially because of like I had like one car and three kids, but I had like a coupe or I had like a, a sedan for I had four sedan and I was like I was about to go buy. I actually almost bought um, a Kia minivan at one point dead ass and. You know, there's no brokenness or anything like that, but just kind of like my family had gotten bigger. I'm trying to figure out how to make all these pieces work and, you know, all this other stuff. And, you know, those those tunnels, there might be light at the end of them, but they're really long tunnels when you can't, Mm -hmm. you know, when you have obligations that you're trying to meet and all these different things. And there's all these things pulling at you. And even even I think that was why we decided to go with that other entity in the first place because the finances of it were just better. Mm-hmm. What they put on the table. And it's like, listen, this is life changing money. This is a life changing situation. We can do it. And it's like, man, that the light at the end of that tunnel gets much closer if money's involved. But, um, you know, I remember when, like you said, June is when that did. And I remember actually, it's funny. I was at the dealership about to buy that damn minivan. When I checked my email and I saw something that made me that indicated we were we were a go or we were heading in the right direction. So we could be we can plan on this being something that closes as long as there were no whatevers. Mm -hmm. And I walked out of the dealership literally then I just got up and walked out. I was like, I just got to wait a little bit longer and then then we'll be straight. I'm sure you remember too that when we signed the deal and when the news got out. I mean, most most people were like ecstatic for us, um, but there were some people who felt like we had, who were upset that you know we had sold our business, we had sold our yeah. baby, who felt like maybe we were selling out or whatever. And it's like I always wanted to ask those people, okay, what would the alternative be? Is the alternative because there's we we weren't like business people in terms of blog business or social media business. So the alternative is, okay, continue doing this thing. That is basically a job, not even a full-time job, but, you know, a, a job, a, not even a part-time job, but like a job that we, yeah, we get opportunities based off of this, but we're not getting paid for it. Right. You know, and this is the sort of thing that, you know, if we, we could put that much effort, that much time, that much bandwidth into a thing that we're actually getting a salary for. And, and you know, the situation with the root where it's like, yeah, we're going to be able to do, you know, aside from the fact that we can't say nigga in titles or fucking titles, we there's literally nothing that there's nothing else that um, that we can't do at the root that we could do at VSP. There's not, nothing yeah. else. Agreed. Um, and also having an infrastructure, also 
being able to do video stuff, also being able to do more events and not have to think about the logistics just show up and be the you know, me having to take off days of work and trying yeah. to, you know, and, and this not, is your job. You, know. you don't have to take off work. This is your job is to host this event. Your job is to MC this thing. Your job is to be at this panel or be on this panel. And and so I just I don't know. Like I understand I, I really do understand that 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 feeling, you know, where you want you want the ownership, you know, black business, you want to own it and and this and that and you know, you can't let someone come in and, 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 and take your baby or whatever. But at the same time, it's like you got to exist in a real world. And yeah. also, I think I had earned enough trust where we're, we're, we're not going to sell to we're not going to we're not going to partner with some entity that's going to force us to compromise our integrity. Like we're just just, right. just give us that at least give us the benefit of that doubt. If you've known us and you've known our work and you've known our sensibility for this long, then yeah, we're not going to just sell it. We're not going to sell the fucking Forbes or the fucking um, Brett Bart <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're going to make right. sure that if we partner with someone, if we allow ourselves to be acquired by someone, it's someone that has a similar mission and someone that's going to allow us to do the work that we did before, someone who's going to allow us to enhance what we did before while also take care of our family. Yeah, and we had those conversations. We knew that this was going to happen. We knew that once we, once the news got out, there were going to be people who were going to get off the train. Absolutely, we expected it. We knew it was going to happen. We knew there were going to be people who were going to call it a sellout move of sorts. We saw it in articles. We saw it in comments. You know, that is what it is. And, you know, kind of as a counterpoint, if we were 25-year-old dudes without families and all this other stuff at the time, there's a path that I think heads us down the direction of trying to become like vice media or something like that, you know. But you can't underscore enough how not business people you and I were. You know what I mean? Like we are we are creative talents and we realize these these shortcomings when we're trying to do business stuff, right? It was just you know, it wasn't that we didn't want to do it. It's just some people have much more of a talent for that than other people do. And we weren't those people. And, you know, I had a I I was a promoter in D.C. I had an eye for that kind of stuff. But the business of it and and even knowing how to go chase the money that these other companies were getting from people or people are giving them 10 million dollars to go do it. Like I I, hadn't, I wouldn't even know where to start. You lived in Pittsburgh. I live in D.C., like we weren't in the spaces where we weren't in the room where it happened, so to speak. I don't know what we could have done differently, being yeah. who we are, that would have changed that outcome. Yeah, and and to to your point too. I mean, we, you know, when we were by ourselves, we were getting like one point five to two million unique visitors a, a month, which means that we left a lot of money on the table. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we, we definitely could have monetize that you know the way motherfucking influencers on ig get you know thousands of dollars for like just there's so many ways that we could have probably monetized vsb but we just don't think like that we just didn't think like okay how do we make money out of this we were thinking okay how do we just create the best product for people to read and engage with and and create this community you know i often wish that we as a as an entity, you, me, and even Liz, when Liz was part of VSB before she like if we had more of the business savvy part of it 
who knows what we could have done when we were really I mean, think like some of our big years in like 20, 2010 and 2011, we were literally like the, the, the hottest thing smoking. There's a there's a world where we know what we're sitting on. We have all our metrics and everything. We go to New York and go to some VCs or go to somebody like, listen, we have the opportunity to build this thing out. Here's the numbers we're getting. Here's the market we're getting, blah, blah, blah. But that just wasn't what we didn't have the time. We didn't have the that wasn't our core competency. We just didn't have that. It's not like there's no regret. I don't I mean, we left a lot on the table. I, I mean, at some point, but it also worked out. I think we learned a whole lot about what we thought we brought to the table with VSB and how we did it. Because some of the conversations we had, they did get contentious. But looking back on them, I understand why they got contentious. And I don't you know, they they probably needed to in order for us to figure out how to move forward. You know, as a whole, VSB has been uh, it's been a godsend, I think, in many ways, because I just I never saw this. I had ambitions from the beginning with VSB, but um. But what where we are where we're at now surpassed them. Like what were your ambitions with it? I don't. Well, I, I didn't wanted, have any. I I I wanted eventually to be to write full time. You okay. know, and at the time we started VSB, I was working at Duquesne University. I was running a program in our school of business, and then the recession happens, and that gets shut down, and I'm on unemployment, and so I'm 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 that that whole idea of figuring out, okay, how can I write full time, um, became like, became a mission. And, you know, my goal at that time was, okay, if I can get paid for VSB or for what I'm doing on VSB, I could use it as, as a sort of a resume where I could go to Slate or, or whatever salon or, or, or wherever and be like, Hey, this is, this is what I've been doing. This is what we've created over the past three or four years and hire me as a columnist and I'll still do VSB, but I'll also have this thing where I'm on staff on salary, getting paid to do this thing. Um, and so, but then I think maybe around like 2013, 2014 really started to think like, you know what VSB itself, like VSB itself could that could be the ticket. That could be the thing where we don't have to leave it or we could do, but we could, you know, we could build it up. We could sell it and we could also get paid for it and also be able to do other shit. Yeah. I think you're right about the, uh, when we started having the conversations about what we could possibly be with VSB, when we started though, for me, I can't say I didn't have any ambition. So maybe I, I misspoke on that. I wanted to like write for hip hop magazines or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I also found out they don't make that much money. Like as a writer, like just as a as a vocation in general, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, oh, this this won't work. You know, I mean, I do I do pretty well with my actual day job, which I might not love the job of it, but I actually like the environment. Like it was a good job. It just wasn't for me necessarily but you know i did what i was supposed to do i did my job um but it's right eventually i just started thinking about what i wanted to be doing so yeah you know that's the story of of our washington post article and our acquisition thanks for listening uh this has been a vsb story there will be more i don't know exactly what there will be about but Trust me when I say VSB has been a hell of a, a roller coaster ride. So there's lots of material. We have a lot of stories. Damon, appreciate your time, my brother. 
Always, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me on this amazing podcast. Looking forward to listening to it. Always, always. So to everybody checking us out, have a black one. This podcast is Baby, yo, ain't nobody pop, ain't nobody dealer. Everybody be themselves, won't nobody ever be realer. I'm Peach Cobbler without the filler. Warm nostalgia. Man, we forgot who the alpha. I dropped my verse in the salsa. My nigga, what you pouting for? You the one they made the mountains for.